police in the morning. When lifelong friends James and Lenny agree to aid in the restoration of a distant relative's newly purchased home, the appearance of a murderous rabbit wielding deadly sharp carrots turns a benevolent gesture into a blood-soaked weekend of death. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie Bros. We review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, as we uh, journey down the rabbit hole here on Polonia Brothers Month, we are taking a look at the 2004 film Peter Rotten Tale, where you just heard the Google description of the film. Um, there's a little more to be had. Yeah, so this film was released by Sub Rosa Studios, um, run by filmmaker Ron Bonk. It's now known as SRS Films, and they're known for such classics as Meat Market, Meat Market 2, Gorgasm, Dead Silence, and Easter Bunny Bloodbath, as well as many, many more. And it's directed by, of course, John and Mark Polonia, the unofficial kings of B-movies. And if you haven't heard of them by now, you should be ashamed of yourself and reevaluate your life choices. So, are, you, are we ready to dive into this shit with our technical difficulties? Yeah, um, basically, it's um, just to go real fast, it's starring um, Bryce Kennedy, who is also in a bunch of other um, Polonia Brother films. David David Fife, who's also in other other Polony Brother films such as Bigfoot vs Zombies and Razor Teeth, and well, and the actual Peter Rottentail character was played by John Polony himself. Awesome. Well, now we can dive into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Which way should we start this time? I'm gonna go with the top first. Let's uh, start this on a positive note. All right. So for me, number three, the rabbit costume is really cheesy and ragged looking. And the boing sound effect that goes along with it is amazing. And it all just adds together to give like a genuinely creepy feel and really like this really weird, creepy feel to the character of Peter Rottentail. And I think that's really enjoyable. Number two. The dialogue in this movie is pretty clever at times and really has me la- had me laughing quite a bit during the film. Um, I could pick on some specific lines, but you know that'll come later. Oh, yeah. And number one, I love the whimsical music and sound effects that accompany most of this movie. It really makes me feel like I'm watching a live-action Looney Tunes cartoon, except in this version, people die because the rabbit fucking kills them. Yeah, except for that part, you know, just like a cartoon. Alright, for number three, there was a carrot-related death. And considering it's a movie about a killer rabbit, I very much appreciated that. Number two, Peter Rottentail is just fucking amazing. Every time he hops around, you hear this weird boing sound, and it's just glorious. And his voice is just so perfectly done in this. It's like high-pitched but menacing, and he's got this weird laugh. It's just... Always makes me laugh. He just talks like this the whole movie, and then when he moves, it's like, boing, boing. 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 You messed with the wrong rabbit, motherfucker. I think you got him confused with, like, somebody on helium, but not that far off. <laughs> and number one, I actually like the main characters of this film. They were a couple of 20-something directionless losers where one of them's trying to improve his life, but doesn't really know what to do. The other one really doesn't want him to change, because otherwise he might abandon him, and He's ironically wearing a white trash shirt the whole time. 
And yeah, they make a good duo. They kind of remind me of Mordecai and Rigby from the regular show. And anyone who knows me knows I love that cartoon. So I guess it's on to the bottom three now. For me, number three, the stoner kids at the beginning of this movie are annoying as fuck. It's like somebody like looked up what's a stereotypical stoner and they were like, okay, let's put all this stuff into five minutes and 1,000 lines of stupidity and... You know, the, the, the best choice was to kill those fucking characters off. On the bright side, they weren't there very long, so... Exactly. Number two. There was a leaf-raking scene in this movie. A leaf-raking scene. Really? We focused on leaf-raking for like four fucking minutes. Is, is it really that important? Does it have anything to do with the plot? No. No, it doesn't. Why? Why are we raking the leaves for four minutes on screen? I mean, the movie's only an hour, ten minutes long. I don't think it was really that pressing to fluff this movie out with more things that you had to include four minutes of leaf raking. I could be wrong. It could have been like ten seconds, but it felt like four fucking minutes. I mean, otherwise, how would we have known if they raked the entire front yard? They didn't! He stood in one place and raked the same, like, three leaves over and over. Well, I guess they only had three leaves. He really sucks at raking, doesn't he? <laughs> World's worst raker award goes to that guy. Um, and as annoying as it sounds like I, I am at that, number one for me is actually the death scene started off pretty good. You know, carrot plus rabbit mur- murdering people equals awesome. But... Then they reuse the carrot death later in the movie, and they use the same kind of cleaver death like a couple times. And you know, the first two death scenes were different and unique, and then they started reusing stuff. And I really thought that took away from the uh, the over the topness of this movie that the uh, the initial death scenes really created with the uh, with the carrot and with the witch's piss, and then they just kind of getting stale. And that's that's that that was disappointing. Yeah, when you end up reducing it to just like you know cleaver to the head, it's you know you've you've run out of ideas. All right, for me, number three, they use still pictures instead of actual recording in some scenes. I mean that was kind of lame. Plus, there's the same scene of this one chick taking off her sweater, and she's not not even topless after that. She's still wearing clothes, and that was just ridiculous and really dis- disappointing. And cut off, come on, Mark and John, I know you're better than that. I've seen Splatter Beach. I know you're willing to show boobs in your movie. I mean, seriously, if you're going to take off a shirt, there should be nothing underneath it. And, you know, if you're going to show them taking off their shirt twice, why the fuck is there not anything underneath it? And really, like, you couldn't get her to take her shirt off twice in, like, two separate scenes? It was the same shot? Like, just, just use twice. I, I, <laughs> their budget ran out at that point. <laughs> They only had so much film stock. All right, for number two, at the end of the movie, movie spoiler, the chick that uh, Peter Rottentail has sex with, yes, he does have sex with a human woman, gives birth to a demonic r- rabbit baby. And I get that it was like a potential setup to a sequel that unfortunately never happened, but came off as kind of lame, cliche. I've seen it before. And Jesus Christ, he... Man, was she desperate. I mean, those flowers that he gave her must have been really nice because, I mean, she fucked a demonic rabbit magician. I mean, damn. Talk about lower load standards. I mean, maybe he cast a spell on her, you know? Maybe there was, like, some, some smelling some bath salts or some shit in that flower, and 
She took like one smell and was like, oh, yeah, come on, baby. She, maybe she really liked his uh, magic wand. She, she must have. A very uh, firm carrot. All right. So anyways, number one, the cleaning montage scene. Like, Corey said enough about that, but fuck, like, it added nothing to the plot. It was just like, I thought it would actually be funny. It really wasn't. It was just like, oh, they're cleaning and raking, and I don't know, I feel like they could have done something with that to make it funny, but they really didn't. Yeah. So, overall, for what this movie was trying to do, uh, did you think that this that it was successful? Uh, um, I think they were trying to make a movie. I think that they, I mean, they did make a movie. Was was there some like sub sub point that I didn't didn't get here? Well, I mean, this movie clearly wasn't meant to be taken seriously. It's goofy and it's just funny. I think it was a for what it's worth, like to make a not serious movie. It was just meant to have a good time. Like, you can you can tell the Polonies had a good time time making this. I think that it succeeded. It's always oh. nice to see that see uh, filmmakers having a good time. And this one really kind of exemplifies that. I mean, for all I know, they were yelling at each other the whole time, but I seriously doubt that. I mean, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of like deep meaning to this movie other than like someone was like, hey, let's make a killer rabbit movie like and, and like brainstorm. And this was what came out of it. And I think it is a successful killer rabbit movie. There's a rabbit. It kills people. It's not serious. Um, there's some good lines. Um, although repetitive, the death scenes are pretty decent. So I, I think it is successful. Yeah, plus, considering that this is a, I guess, would be considered a slasher co- film, also a comedy, you know, it was funny. It, it kind of played on some cliches, and it just, you know, everything kind of worked with it. I don't really, as far as, like, comedy, slasher, not serious, B-movies, I'd consider this one a success overall. Well, we touched on it a little earlier, so let's get into it a little more and, uh, have ourselves a little bit of a quote war where we'll you know quote the movie back and forth and see who has the better quotes i'll start this one off police are out to stop a hometown tradition this year the annual desecration of the grave of magician peter krigstein he was tripping on some stuff he was a real douchebag wait can i say douchebag on tv shut up you little shits the name's peter rottentail dickhead Whoa, look out. Demon with a carrot. Remember, don't drink and drive. On your way to hell. It's witch's piss. Tastes great. I bet he wasn't drinking lemonade either. Of, of course he wasn't drinking lemonade. It was fucking clear. It was water. Could, could have pissed in it. Could have put some food dye in it. Could have put a lemon on the rim. Anything to make it seem like it was lemonade. It wasn't Lemonade. Oh wait, we're. Uh, I think you're. I'm, I think you're talking about splatter farm. Oh god, I just. Sorry, guys. Acid flashback there. Um, this is this is not splatter farm. I got to take a drink and, and chill out here. Give me a second. And that like not lemonade um thing in um splatter farm really scarred you, didn't it? Um, I'm sorry, friends. That was not a quote from this movie. Um, our quotes ended after Paul said lemonade, and that just, just that just triggered something bad. Some post traumatic stress from splatter. Farm. Oh my god. So. I think it's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are a reverse scale, 1 to 10. 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. Well, I have to say, if you are looking for a movie that does not take itself seriously, 
then you've come to the right place. Peter Rottentail is all about silly dialogue and interesting visuals. Even though the movie at times seems to go overboard on what the director must have thought incredibly important, such as a four-minute leaf-raking sequence, at least it seemed that long, it still doesn't overstay its 70-minute runtime. In fact, I do wish it were a little longer of a movie. Of course, only if the extra material would be the same caliber as the non-filler parts of it. The characters, although immature at times, seem to have real chemistry and work well with one another. The actors take themselves about as serious as the storyline, which is a pretty welcome relief. Due to all this and the use of some rabbit-appropriate murder sequences, this movie gets a 2 out of 10 on our shot scale. Remember that you aren't meant to take this movie seriously, so sit back, have yourself a drink, and just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I also give this a 2 out of 10. Peter Rottentill is just one of those movies that I just really enjoy watching. For some reason, it always puts me in a good mood. Between the funny dialogue, the ridiculous plot, the weird sound effects, and just the complete lack of seriousness throughout the entire film, is it's pretty much what I look for in a, in a funny B-movie. It doesn't try to be over-the-top, gross you out, or shock you in any way. It's just pure entertainment, and I really enjoy it. I get the sense that the Poloni brothers just came up with a, a fun idea for a movie about a murderous demonic rabbit who is actually a magician and, you know, just went with it. They probably found a rabbit suit and they're like, you know, this works. I bet we can do something with this. And it just completely works in just about every way I hoped it would. When it comes right down to it, what more do you need from a movie called Peter Rottentail? Well... We know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion and tell you why these movies are the same, just of different qualities, standards, and caliber. I gave Peter Rottentail the A-movie companion of Space Jam from 1996. Interesting. I give this Rosemary's Baby from 1968. Well, I have to say, both Space Jam and Peter Rottentail revolve largely, largely around a rabbit, either Bugs Bunny or Peter Rottentail. In both movies, the rabbits are able to do things that are totally unrealistic. Bugs Bunny doing his cartoony things, and Peter Rottentail coming back from the dead, teleporting around, and murdering people with carrots. Both movies have very memorable sounds. Space Jam has the song, Fly Like an Eagle. Peter Rottentail has the boing noise made every time Peter Rottentail moves. Both equally as memorable and usable in any social situation. In both movies, the rabbit has a love interest, Lola Bunny in Space Jam, and the girl who lives across the street from the guys in Peter Rottentail. And, of course, as everybody knows, both movies are about things, beings from another dimension trying to wreak havoc on the world. Whether it be Peter Rottentail from hell or wherever he's come from, or the Monstars from outer space, which, you know are trying to take the Looney Tunes back to their planet, who end up kidnapping Michael Jordan and stealing powers from basketball players and yada, yada, yada. I think that movie made less sense in Peter Rottentail. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how Space Jam from 96 is an A-movie version of Peter Rottentail from 2004. All right, I picked Rosemary's Baby because the main conflict of both movies is caused by some kind of demonic ritual, whether on purpose, such as in Rosemary's Baby, where there's a satanic cult that that um, tricks Rosemary into conceiving um, a demon baby, or by some idiot stoners looking for weed in an abandoned basement, like in Peter Rottentail. In both movies, someone has sex with a demonic creature. In Rosemary's Baby, 
whereas Mary got raped by Satan. And the chicken, Peter Rottentail, has sex with Peter Rottentail. Though, willingly, so that makes Peter Rottentail a better person than Satan, I guess. <laughs> not really not really um, putting the bar too high, but, you know, still. And, uh, let's see, both movies primarily take place in a single living location. Rosemary's Baby took place primarily in an apartment complex, and Peter Rottentail took place primarily at the grandmother's house of the two protagonists. And both movies end with the birth of a demonic baby. Um, the chick in Peter Rottentail gives birth to the baby of Peter Rottentail. And, spoiler, Rosemary Mary gives birth to Satan's baby. And they both have their father's eyes. It's just that, you know, Rosemary's baby takes about three hours longer to, to happen than Peter Rottentail's baby. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby is a great fucking film. It it is at at, at times, but I so digress. Is, so is Peter Rottentail, to be fair. You know, I, I think it's time to tell everyone how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. We'll give you some drinking games for Peter Rottentail, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Peter Rottentail laughs, take a drink. Number two, every time someone talks about strippers, take a drink. Number three, Every time someone mentions the party, take a drink. Number four, whenever someone mentions weed, dope, or being stoned, take a drink. And possibly go watch an episode of Trailer Park Boys. And number five, of course, because it's Polonia Brothers Month, anytime you can't tell if it's Mark or John Polonia on screen, take a drink. Every time the same scene is shown more than once, specifically when the chick takes her hoodie off, take a drink. Every time you hear the boing sound and Peter Rottentail hops, take a drink. Every time Peter Rottentail makes a carrot-related pun, take a drink. And every time you see something with the Converse logo on it, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-movie related, you can leave us a comment on either our YouTube or SoundCloud pages right below the video. You can also email us at bmoviebros.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. Also check out all our other reviews and shows on our website bmoviebros.com. We have new content every week. And if you really enjoyed this show, feel free to donate to our Patreon or PayPal accounts. It really helps us out. Well, we've seen two movies this month and uh, I think it's time to rank. start ranking. Um, for me, number two, Splatter Farm. It was a chore and a half to watch, although I can appreciate that how it was made and that it was made and uh, very well for two 17-year-old boys and a grandmother and another boy. Um, but Peter Rottentail just has better dialogue, better effects, and a, a more coherent storyline Although, you know, it was made almost 30 years later by the same two guys. Or 20 years later, I mean. Let's be honest. Part of your hatred of... Um, part of the reason why you put um, Splatter Farm as, Farm as number two is because of Lemonade. It wasn't Lemonade. Exactly. All right, number two, yeah, I also put Splatter Farm. I legitimately like Splatter Farm. I think it's a fun movie. Even considering the budgetary restrictions and everything and how young they were. I think they did, get, they did a good job. I felt like I was watching, like... A, a haunted house being built and like the process of like just them having fun around that and however Peter Rottentail is just hilarious I every other line is hilarious 
The the main characters are funny. The freaking rabbit's hilarious. I love that film, and I just cannot put Spider Farm above it. So, next week, we'll descend further into darkness as we check out another Polonia Brothers film, this time from the 1990s. But for the first time ever, we're going to tell you there's a possibility of two films. We're waiting on Mark Polonia to tell us which one to watch. We're either going to check out the 1993 film Nightcrawlers or the 1996 film Hellspawn. Yes, and as an interesting thing, for our final film, which we won't say what it is, we may have a special guest joining us to review that one. I wonder who it could be. Oh, boy. So until next time, friends, for curiosity's sake, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next one. I'll see you in a little bit.